0: evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you've found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants to God and help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us tonight.
1: This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is not a prayer just to recite. It's a prayer that deals with your past, your present, and your future. Today, we want to look at verse 12 that reads in your Bible or on the screen, Forgive us of our debts, or our trespasses, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Last weekend, we had a bread request. This week, we have a forgiveness request. Both are basic and both are essential. Man's deepest physical need is for food. And man's deepest spiritual need is for forgiveness. You see, we have all made messes. In our life, do not think that you are the only person with a messed up life. We've all made messes in our lives, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with one another, and therefore we have all experienced a thing called guilt or a thing called resentment. Life is always difficult. But it is always burdensome when you go through life carrying a load of guilt or a load of resentment. And so my question to you today, how would you like to get rid of all of your guilt and all of your resentment? Well, in your notes, I want you to write this note down. When you are forgiven, when you understand that God in heaven has truly forgiven you, For whatever sin you've ever committed, it's only when you realize that you have been forgiven is your guilt removed. There's there's nothing to be guilty about because God has forgiven you of your sin. And then when you learn how to forgive people who have sinned against you, people who've wronged you, that's how you get rid of resentment. Now guilt and resentment are human emotions. When we do something wrong, we live with guilt. We live every day with resentment. It stays with us. And when you live in a state of guilt, there are many different ways that we deal with that because we have to keep living. One of the things we do is we keep making excuses on why we did what we did, but excuses do not erase the guilt that we are are experiencing. Sometimes we will compare ourselves. We'll look at someone else. Who is guiltier than us and somehow we think that will make us feel better, but that doesn't remove our guilt And then there are those who just choose not to think about it We we know we did wrong, but we're not going to think about it. Well, that's called living in denial The problem is that none of those solutions work jesus said That there's only one thing that can free you from guilt and resentment And that one thing is forgiveness in this text Jesus shows us how to overcome the grief of guilt and the blight of bitterness. The only remedy for guilt is to receive the forgiveness that is yours from heaven, from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only uh, remedy for bitterness or resentment when someone sins against you, when someone offends you or wrongs you, that you learn and are able to forgive them. I want you to look down at verse 14. Our text is verse 12, but go down to verse 14. Jesus digs a little deeper. He says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, if you'll do that, he says that your heavenly father will also forgive you. And then he says in verse 15, but if you do not forgive men of their sins, Your Father will not forgive you of your sins. And so we learn four things. I want you to write them down quickly. Number one, if you're taking notes, because sin is a universal problem, forgiveness is a universal need. The Bible says in Romans 3, 23, that all have sinned. All of us have sinned. All of us have done wrong. Sin is a universal problem. Proverbs 20, verse 9 reads, who can say? Who can say that I've kept my heart pure? You know anyone who can say that? Who can say I am clean and without sin? And the answer to that question is obvious. No one can say that. And by the way, that word debt in the NIV is the word trespass. The word trespass means when you you break into an area where you do not belong. Whether it's intentional or unintentional, a debt is a failure to pay what you owe. I want you to write this down. The word forgive literally means to cancel a debt. That's what the word means, to cancel a debt. Sin is a debt that we all have against God. But praise the Lord, Jesus took care of your debt and Jesus took care of my debt. I want you to notice what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. He, this is speaking of Jesus, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him, Jesus. By his wounds, we have all been healed. And then verse 6 says, we all, all of us, like sheep. We all like sheep have done what? We've all gone astray. We, each of us, the Bible says, have turned to his own way, but the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. All of us have a debt that we can never, ever pay. Our only remedy for that debt is to declare spiritual bankruptcy and let someone else pay that debt for us. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and me. Forgiveness is costly. It's it's free to you, but it's not cheap. It's not free to God. It cost him his son. Sin is a universal problem, and forgiveness is a universal need. So number two, your second point in your notes is this. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, particularly this verse and this request, is a very dangerous prayer. This is a risky request. You're saying, God, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, I want you to think about this. You're asking God, you're not just asking for forgiveness, you're saying, God, I want you to forgive me in the same way that I forgive others. In other words, God, I want you, you're saying to God, I want you to look at the way I forgive others when they have offended me, and that's the way, God, I want you to forgive me. You see, whenever we refuse to forgive others, it sets off a terrible chain reaction, all of which are negative. Number one, write these down quickly. Whenever we fail to forgive Number one, it disgraces our Heavenly Father. When we fail to get along with each other and we fail to love one another, it's a disgrace to the Father. Number two, lack of forgiveness, it discourages the saints. There are few things that hurt a church more than an unforgiving spirit. Number three, it disgusts the lost. We are the only Bible that many people read And when they fail to see forgiveness in the body of Christ, it causes them to doubt the gospel of Jesus Christ altogether. It actually hides the beauty of Jesus from them because they see the ugliness of our unforgiveness. And number four, unforgiveness delights the devil. There's only one person that likes it when we fail to forgive each other, and that's the devil. He loves it when we are at odds with one another. Why, the devil would rather start a church fight than peddle any other sin that he might peddle. A church can run out of room. A church can run out of parking spaces. Why, a church can even run out of money. But may it never run out of love and forgiveness and grace. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Now, number three in your outline. This This is the gist of this message. Remember that if you refuse to let them off the hook. If you fail to forgive your neighbor or your relative or your friend, if you refuse to let them off the hook, you are the one who's actually on the hook. I want to say that again. If you refuse to let them off the hook, you are the one that's actually on the hook. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, is giving people what God has already given to you the bible says in ephesians 4 verse 32 be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you we are to forgive one another as christ has forgiven us and some of you listening you are holding on to grudges from people that have offended you and you will not let go and I want you to know that you are the one that is actually being held captive. You are being held captive by your, uh, by your grudge, by your resentment. You are being held hostage by your bitterness. You are being held hostage by your lack of forgiveness. And when you learn to forgive others, you set a prisoner free and you'll discover that the prisoner is you. There's a rule that's known as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We call that the golden rule. That should be called the silver rule. I think this should be the golden rule. Do unto others as God has done unto you. Every one of you have a choice. You can either choose not to forgive because of what someone has done to you, or you can choose to forgive in spite of what they have done to you but every one of you get to choose you can either not forgive because they've hurt you or you can choose to forgive in spite of what they've done to you i want you to know and hear me out that while while jesus was on the cross while jesus was being crucified he said those words father forgive them for they know not what they do. And at that moment when the Lord said that, in the midst of his suffering, the Lord, by his example and by his words and by his actual forgiveness, he set the precedent for every single one of us that every single human being needs to learn how to forgive even in the midst of their pain. If I'm to forgive as I have been forgiven, I need to ask myself, exactly how have i been forgiven that's a great question how has god forgiven you if you can answer that question then you know how you're supposed to forgive others number one instantly when when i repented and i turned to god god didn't wait six months to forgive me he forgave me instantly the moment i asked there was no delay there was no hesitation I turned to God, and God forgave me that moment. And that's the way we're to forgive each other. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 7, "...let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts, and let him man, man, let man turn to the Lord." I don't care who you are. If you will simply turn to the Lord, God will have mercy on him, and he will freely pardon that individual. If someone comes and asks for forgiveness we should forgive them as quickly as the Lord has forgiven us instantly. Number two, we have been forgiven repeatedly. The forgiveness of God uh, comes to us and he forgives us over and over and over and over and over and over again. True forgiveness doesn't say, well, I'll forgive you if you promise me that you won't ever do that again. If you you can promise me you'll never do it again, I'll, I'll forgive you. That's not biblical forgiveness. I'm supposed to keep forgiving people when they sin against me, when they hurt me, when they do wrong against me. I'm supposed to forgive them over and over and over and over and over again. Well, do you want God to forgive you over and over and over and over again when you keep messing up? Well, there's your answer. Number three, we're not to forgive fractionally, but we're to forgive completely. God doesn't forgive you of part of your sin. God forgives you of all of your sin. Can someone say amen? Amen. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 17, it says, the Bible says, you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in what? Abounding in love. Listen, the moment you turn to God, God will instantly forgive you of all of your sin. Not part of your sin, but he will forgive you of all of your sin. And number four, write this down. When he forgives us, he forgives us what I call forgetfully. Because the Bible says that when God forgives, that God forgets. Once God has forgiven you of your sin, he can't even remember that sin Jeremiah 31 verse 34 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Now, you and I, we like to forgive people when they mess up, but we don't ever forget because we keep it in our memory bank because if they ever do that again, we're going to remind them of the last time that they did that. And that's not true forgiveness. If you truly, truly forgive someone of a sin, you will never ever use that against them again in the future. You will never talk about that to anyone else because you have forgiven them. It should no longer even exist. You're not going to dwell on it yourself. If you continue to dwell on the offense, it means that you truly have not forgiven them the way they need to be forgiven. There are times where each of us say, I don't feel like forgiving. There are those of you who also say, I I just don't feel like I've been forgiven. I want you to write this down. To change your emotion, you have to change your devotion. To change the way you feel, you have to change what you are devoted to. This is Jesus' whole point of this prayer. Don't make your wrong your God. You say, but they hurt me. They, they ruin my reputation. Dethrone your reputation. Don't make your hurt your God. Jesus is your God. Your Father in heaven is your God. I want you to write this down quickly. Stop dwelling on what has been done to you and begin to thank and worship and dwell and focus on what God has done for you. I close with this story of a a true story. I looked it up and read it several times this week of a man named Rusty Woomer. Rusty was the 244th person in South Carolina to be sentenced to an electric chair. Rusty grew up in a small town in West Virginia. He came from a broken home. He was beaten and abused by his father. He quit school when he was in the ninth grade he became a drug addict at age 16. At age 19, he was sentenced to three years in a state prison because he stole 14 cases of beer. When he got out, he returned to a cycle of drugs and alcohol. And one night, he was completely stoned out of his mind. Rusty Woomer met an ex-convict, a man by the name of Eugene Scar, and they went to a coin shop. They stole all the coins and they killed the coin collector, the man who owned the store, a man named John Turner, age 67 years of age. They left that coin shop and went to a random house. Just a ra- they just chose a house a couple of miles away, went inside and killed two occupants, stole some more money, stole some more guns and moved on. They eventually ended up into what's called Polly's Island and robbed a convenience store. They kidnapped two clerks, Della Louise Seller. She was 34 years of age and Wanda Summers, age 24. They took these two girls to a remote area, raped both of them, shot both of them. One lived, Della Sellers, died. Later that same night, the police caught Rusty and his companion. They were completely stoned again out of their mind in a hotel there in Myrtle Beach. The friend, his acquaintance, shot himself, committed suicide. But the police captured and arrested a drugged out Rusty. While he was on death row, Rusty was genuinely and miraculously converted to Jesus Christ. He wrote letters to the families of his victims asking for their forgiveness he began to witness to and led other prisoners who were on death row to Jesus Christ. He would sit hour upon hour in his cell reading scriptures. In the days before he was executed, he actually created a video uh, to be shown in schools warning children and students to stay away from drugs and alcohol and a life of death and destruction that they lead to. Part of his final statement before he was executed, he wrote, I want to tell everyone that I am fine. I have never known peace like I have known it in my final days here on earth. I know some people say that I got a jailhouse religion and and they are right. I turned to Jesus in prison when I had no place else to turn. Words cannot express what Jesus has done for me. He knows, and that's all that really matters, but Right before he was taken to the electric chair, he picked up a plain envelope and he trembled when he saw the return address. It was from Lee Hewitt, the younger brother of Della Sellers, the woman whose murder Rusty would die for. Here's what Lee Hewitt wrote to him. For years, I hated you with all of my heart. I wanted to kill you for what you did to my sister. I only regretted that you were in prison where I couldn't get to you. But I myself have spent a lot of time in prison for things that I've done wrong. I felt like a failure, but one day, he writes, I became a Christian. And the more I learned about being a Christian, the more I knew I had to forgive you. I didn't want to forgive you. But he says it got to the place where I couldn't even pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I couldn't even pray the prayer. It made me so mad. Now I had to forgive you. Now the ball was in my court. And I began to pray about it. And I want you to know that God performed a miracle in my heart. And I'm just writing to tell you these words. I forgive you. And then he writes this. We are brothers in Christ. I love you. This is an actual, true, divine story. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a wonderful thing to be forgiven from the Lord God above. Can someone say amen? Amen. I want to thank God and I want to praise God that anyone and everyone can be forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. And once you experience His miraculous grace and forgiveness, if you truly experience that, you can't help but forgive those who sin and trespass against you.
0: If you were blessed by Pastor Dudley's message and would like to pray with someone, our phone lines are available now and ready for your call. Our number is easy to remember. Call us right now at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer needs you may have at this time. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchor Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888-818-4777. The Anchor Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's word with your personal anchor journal today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us every weeknight at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.